Yo, this is Denzel Curry. You're now in tune to the Yada Yada podcast. Brow, get out. Put your yada yada over the best part. Welcome back to another episode of the Yada Yada Podcast coming to you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? We out here on these streaming platforms. We out here on the house Joe Budden built, Spotify, Apple. We out here. No more SoundCloud, but we still on SoundCloud because we keep it. You know, we never forget where we came from. That's not my Joe. I'm going to let y'all know that Joe Budden is not my Joe. I only have one Joe, and he's a, he's on the show with me right now. Today. That's right. It's the kid, Joe Cornejo. It's your boy, Black Hyphy. Now, you know what they say, though. What's better than one Joe? Two. Uh-huh. Boo, boo. <laughs> we don't got no drums. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you, man. How you doing today, Joe? I'm doing great, man. I've had a great week. It's, it's been a great Sunday. You know, in case people people that don't know, we do this podcast on Sundays. Yeah, today is Sunday right now. Today but y'all is not the- going to hear this. So it might not be Sunday when y'all hear this today. <laughs> Just but know, today is Sunday. Today is the Lord's Day. Yes. The Lord's Day. Yes, Lord. The yes, Lord. You, you back on Twitter? Yeah, I'm back on. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm back on Twitter. I'm not happy about it, but you know, I gotta keep up appearances. You know what I mean? For, for, I do for what I do, what I do. You know, I gotta do it on Twitter. I feel it. I feel it. I'm not happy about it, but man, I've had a, I've had a last. These last two weeks been really good for me. I've been I've, some good shits happened. I don't know if people know, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. I interviewed Rhapsody. Yes, hey. sir. Flex one time. I did that. Me and Ashawn did that. Ashawn recorded. I oh, did the interview. He was recording. Yeah. Shout out Sean the cameraman. Yes, sir, man. And give him a round of applause for that one. Steady yeah. hands. It was cool, man. We went out to, I took Sean with me because, you know, I know Sean, me, me and Sean previously talked about going to see Rhapsody because we was going to go to Omaha to see Big Cree and Rhapsody on tour together. But we never, you know, some shit came up and I wasn't able to make the trip, so we never got around to it. But then she came to Lawrence and, you know, I had a homie that works on Rock Nation. You know, I flex for that. You know, industry connections out yeah. here in the streets. But, um, hit me up he was like yo man Rhapsody's coming to town you want to interview her I'm like yeah I want to interview Rhapsody so uh, I brought Sean with me because I knew this time around that we was legit going to see her and going to meet her and I know since Sean is an artist and he, he really appreciates her as a lyricist and as an artist it'd be great for him to meet her because he's never been to a show that he wasn't performing at right right so right. I wanted to you know take him to get that experience because one of my favorite things I like to do with this job is you know try to help my music friends meet their favorite rappers so I've helped you know I've helped Lamerick meet he's a big Dreamville fan so I helped him meet Boz I helped him meet J. Cole which the J. Cole meeting happened on accident that wasn't it we weren't planning on doing that, but it was a nice accident. It just happened last minute, but that was cool. So I like being able to give my music friends that kind of, you know, experience. Hey, uh, I want I want to thank you on behalf of like all of the artists and like the creatives in the city. You hey. be doing a lot, and you, go ahead, give yourself a round of applause because hey. you know, you know, we, the roses smell good. Yeah, we we appreciate you. You know, I try to do what I can. Opportunities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're doing a good job, man. Thank Keep you, it man. up. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, so tell tell us about that experience, the Rhapsody experience. Yeah, it was whole- great, man. Like you know, the homie that works for Rock Nation, Theo knows him. He's a character. Yeah. He, yeah, man, he he a character, man. But I really wanted like this. The, the experience is more for I wanted to shine to get that experience because first off, you know, this is the homie works for Rock Nation. I know he's a great guy. So like, any question that Sean had, he would answer to him and help him. Just like any you know any industry questions he might have. So he was dope, man. He he uh last time this is my first time seeing him because he set up the Denzel Curry interview for me, and he was telling me you know 
when I saw him, you no, know, during Grammy weekend, I looked at Instagram one day. He's just he's at the Rock Nation brunch, just just posted up with Robert Kraft and whatnot. I'm like, okay, man, you you out here doing it big, man. So I was like, yo, what was it like when Beyonce came to the Rock Nation brunch? He was like, it was like everyone dead ass stopped what they were doing and like Beyonce's here. And let me tell you, Beyonce moved like she she the president. Like when Beyonce walks in the room, everybody stops what they're doing. And I and I told him about the I saw this video on Twitter. I just got the brunch and he was like, yo, Beyonce here. And then Beyonce kind of gave him this glare like, you don't put your motherfucking phone down. And so he was he was telling me about how when Beyonce first walked in, a guy pulled his phone out and snuck a picture of her. And Beyonce's publicist walked up to him and goes, hey, I don't think Beyonce was ready for that picture. You should delete that. What? Yeah. She got people like that. Like that. Preston, like, yo, she wasn't ready for that. You should definitely delete that picture. And he deleted that picture. I wonder. I wonder how many people just like disappeared because they was taking photos. <laughs> that was unwarranted. Just come up missing. <laughs> Last scene taking pictures of Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Oh, and he also confirmed to me and Sean. We could finally confirm this, Joe Buttons. I know Joe Button watched my Instagram story like two days ago, so I know Joe Button watching or listening. But I'm gonna let him know right now, Joe. We can confirm that there is indeed food being served at the Rock Nation brunch because. <laughs> You know, I guess the question is, like, do people really eat at this brunch? Because when you see people at the Rock Nation brunch, they're not eating food. They just drinking mimosas and toasting the billionaires and listening to Kevin Hart give speeches. That's all you ever see them do at Rock Nation brunches. Look, when we go to the Rock Nation brunch, I'm going to give me a plate. You know, give me a couple <laughs> plates. Yo, it's a brunch. I came here to eat. Facts. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I drink the mimosas and I yeah, talk to Jay. Is cool. I like pancakes and fruit and shit. Yeah, I know? like all that healthy shit. Charcuteries. <laughs> Whatever they eat in LA, you know, <laughs> the LA shit. I'll do that. I'll, I'll politic and do the industry shit. But yeah, so it was it was a really cool experience, man. Rhapsody, phenomenal performer. Phenomenal. Absolutely one of the best performers I've ever seen. And it had to be, it was really, this was my first hip hop head show I've ever been to. Where like people just there like... Yeah, bro, she's spitting, she's killing it. She was, she rapped every lyric, literally every word. Like there wasn't, you know, when rappers will rap sometimes, they'll have like that little moment in the song where they'll pause to catch yeah. the breath and like the voice will come in on the audio and they'll get back to spitting. She didn't have that. She just kept rapping all her shit. Yeah, that shit's tough. And then something that was really cool was that it was the first show where people didn't pull out their phones. They were just enjoying the bars. Like candy. Yeah. Like, shit's sweet, you know what you feel me? <laughs> They shit sweet because it is. No, nah, that's tight though. That that's why we go see rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I love hearing niggas perform their own words and because just go it, all out. It's like, like uh, when we went to go see Chuck English. We I talk about this a lot. Like he rapped all of his shit. It was like ten and shot of a there. game of dice mid mid set. Yes, mid game, still rapping his shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. It was dope because I remember at one point Sean was like, "Bro, she's not missing. She's not missing a <laughs> word. He couldn't believe it." Fucking rap nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she came out like three songs back to back, like no step, like no stop. She didn't stop till like she went to Aaliyah, which I believe was like the fourth song in her set. She gave a little speech like, hey, y'all, thank y'all for coming out to the show. We appreciate you guys coming to a black woman crave this tour. It's an honor to have y'all here tonight, man. My first time in Kansas. Me and Sean had to have like the whole what's Kansas City in Kansas, like, you know, speech like three different times with her peoples. And each time it got more difficult to explain. For real? How? How does it, how does it get more difficult? <laughs> because... It's like when you tell people that Lawrence, Kansas isn't part of Kansas City or Kansas City isn't in Kansas, and they ask, like, what's the difference? And you try to break it down to them, and when you try to break it down to people who aren't from the city, it kind of makes it difficult. So what I do is I would always go sports references. I'd be like, yo, do you know 
who the Kansas Jayhawks are, and if they said, yeah, I'm like, okay, this is the city they play in. But if they didn't, I'm like, well, we just, I don't know where the fuck we are. I don't know to tell you how, how to tell you where we're at. Well, it, I mean, it, it don't need to be all that because Lawrence is Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, so and then Kansas City, Kansas is Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it. Yeah, but like it's just it's hard to explain to people because at one point they were like, "Yo, where are we at? Like, Yo, we're in Lawrence, Kansas. Like, where's that at? It's like, oh, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas it's in Kansas. It's where the Jayhawks play. Like, oh, who's the Jayhawks? Like, oh, okay, you don't watch. Yeah. yeah, see how hard it gets to explain to people. Yeah. And then we would tell people like, yeah, a lot of people come from Kansas City to here. And like, oh, Kansas City, where's that at? In Missouri. And like, okay, are we in Kansas? Like, yeah. And like, so it's not here. No. So what's the difference? It got more frustrating each each time we tried to explain it. I'm gonna make a T-shirt that explains it. <laughs> it's just gonna be a map. <laughs> that, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, just Casey. this is how it works. I mean, come on, I, I, they coming soon. I'm gonna have them by uh, let's see, June. June. I'm gonna put that. It's a good month. Come on. It's a good month. Good month to develop some t-shirts. Oh, facts, facts, facts. But uh, yeah, Raps. After the show, we got to meet Rhapsody. Super cool. You would have thought we've known Rhapsody our whole lives. Yo, yeah, was very friendly. Very friendly. It's like we, the homie. I haven't seen in years. That's tight. She's hella dope. And she like she got like a tomboyish appeal to her, you know, because she got a song called Aaliyah, which praises the tomboy Aaliyah and like the image she helped create for so some girls that might be like rough necks where the MC like. Oh, and, facts, facts, facts. And it was cool, man. She very charming. She very dope. Just a cool personality. Awesome to be around. I was blessed to be able to meet her and just vibe with her and whatnot. One That's of the more cooler interactions I've had with artists. It, it it didn't seem like it was weird or nothing was like forced. It, it was a very genuine conversation. And I yeah. think that's cool because it, I think that shows you kind of where you are and like where you heading. You you don't get starstruck as much. I try and, not to. I was definitely nervous. I was definitely nervous and my lips were chapped really bad. Do you know what your nervous habit is? I just move. I, I, I move my hands a lot. No, well, not even, bro. You move your feet like you. It's like you like you a boxer. <laughs> I'm on light feet. <laughs> yeah, you like, all right, I got to get in my position on my feet shoulder width apart. They are. I'm going to make sure I'm, I got a firm stand so I could you know, get I my got, bars out. Yeah, <laughs> let them know what's coming. You you talk like a rapper. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like how, mm -hmm. they, how they would freestyle. At least you don't got Drake hands, though. Yeah, I'd rub my hands together. Birdman. Uh-oh. Uh I think I'm, what do you say? Oh, the, I think I'm too overdose on confidence. What's he, what did he say on headlines? I think um, too snug out on. I don't know what he said. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Damn, I, I don't remember. I I gotta think about it for a second. <laughs> it's a really famous opening line. Fade away to like a in and out of consciousness. They say um, that I'm back. I agree with that. It's. I think I'm too strong out on compliments. Overdosed, overdosed on confidence. Confidence. Yeah. confidence. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. But super dope, man. I I definitely would recommend anybody going to see Rhapsody if she when she comes back to town. She had a great show, phenomenal performance, an amazing album. It's cool. Just it's you know on the on the Good Job 2019 episode we did where we reviewed the year and talked about our top ten albums. She was in my top five. She was number mm -hmm. three on my list. So that's that's just great being able to talk to one of my favorite artists about one of my favorite albums from last year. So that's that's an opportunity I don't take for granted, and I'm very blessed to be able to get. So shout out to the homie from Rock Nation for help setting that up. Shout out Rhapsody too. Yeah, man. Shout out to Rhapsody. Shout out, shout out Sean for holding the camera. Yeah, he did his thing, man. Yeah, he, he did his thing. 
You gotta give everybody the roses. Yeah, everyone, everyone did a good job, man. So round of applause for everybody for helping making that opportunity happen. He also got us a. <laughs> I love this guy from Rock Nation, man. He's he's a great guy because he was talking to us about like stocks and getting investing in the stocks and whatnot. And he was trying to break it down to us. He goes, you know what? Here, let me give y'all some motivation real quick. He opens up his laptop, shows us the stock portfolio, had over a hundred thousand dollars in stocks ready. I was like, oh, okay, so this is this is what stocks can do for you. Yeah, that shit's crazy. He said, let me motivate y'all real quick. And I was like, wow, you definitely just did that. See, I was at uh, Made Mob yesterday, and they, they started talking about, like, different stocks that they had and shit. And I was just like, damn, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, it's something I want to get into, so I'm trying to get myself educated on. I'm a, I got a homie that said, uh, I'm going to, like, start giving him some money to, like, just put away for me and, like, Help me invest and learn it. So yeah, we we gonna see. Yeah, we gonna see. Yeah, hopefully by the end of the end of the year, I got like a hundred k just stacked up somewhere, <laughs> just like investing on an island somewhere. You know, man, over overseas bank account. Facts, big facts. But yeah, man, we back for another podcast, another great great episode lined up. <laughs> gonna be taking it to Detroit a lot. Oh on yeah, this one. Yeah, got a lot, got a lot, a lot happening in Detroit right now. It's gonna be cool. I'm pretty excited. Um, but before we get to that. It's unfortunate because last podcast we did, we had to reflect on Mac Miller and then Kobe's passing happening. And then yeah. now we're back on this one. We got to talk about Pop Smoke's unfortunate death. Yeah, man. R.P. Pop Smoke. I didn't really like listen to his music, but I, he was only like 20, 21. Only, he was born in 1999. Yeah, that's that's kind of scary to see. And um, yeah, I'm tired of hearing shit like this. Is it? Real, is real. it kind of scary how it's becoming like a reoccurring thing? Yeah, it's and been how it's we, been very consistent. Yeah, I, I don't think we really had like time to just kind of like heal because it's like every six months something a new artist so, yeah, dies, someone dies, and yeah. we're like, okay, whatever, like hey, R.I.P. And then we just keep it moving. It's 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 becoming so normal that we don't grieve the way we probably should. Yeah, I'm, yeah, something's got to change, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because it happened in a nice neighborhood away because he's from New York, and it happened in L.A. in the hills. Yeah. And it, I've been reading up on it, and they still don't know what was the reasoning behind it. They don't know if it was a botched robbery or an attempted hit. They don't even have anybody arrested. So they there's no leads on the case. So as of now, there's no idea why he died. Because he was in a house full of people, and he was the only one that got shot. It, that sounds like a setup to me. Like Yeah. And, like it was an inside job because they didn't yeah. take nothing. Like he was the only one that, that was killed. And but where I, he I was don't. At, where but to go? Yeah, it sounds like an attempt to hit or an inside job. But I don't. It's, I I think it's not right to make those assumptions. I mean, I I don't have enough information to because there's not like, a, there's really not any information about it. Cause, yeah, but ba- based off of what you just told me now, it sounds like somebody set him up. Yeah, and that's not too like uncommon when it comes to like. Uh, the culture, for lack of a better word, I don't really want to use the culture because I don't want I don't want this to be like a normal thing. Yeah, but like blame it, it on hip hop. It's just yeah, a hip hop thing. It, like nah, because but it's not. It's not because they also like the night before there there was two pictures they posted with the address. On yeah, it. and so that that kind of like could, that makes you lead, believe it might have been attempted robbery that went wrong, or you know it could have been an inside job. But either way, I feel like it could sway either way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's unfortunate because, <clears throat> like, the week of, remember we was at Sean's house? And I was like, yo, bro, you never been on a road trip with me before. I got the pop smoke red list ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a joke, because I was listening to his album earlier that week at the gym, and it's a good gym album. Like, I, I liked what I heard. I liked that there was a lot of potential there. 
and he's coming. He comes from that Fifty Cent breed in New York, so I love that. I love that gritty, just New York rap. That energy coming back. Yeah, and I was super excited because the first song I really got on by Pop Smoke was Christopher Walken, and I said, "Yo, when Bobby Schmurter gets out, he's got to do his first day out freestyle over this beat because this is like a Bobby Schmurter instrumental that I know he would go hard in. So like, the, he's from Brooklyn too. So like that Brooklyn, that gritty Brooklyn sound that Bobby Schmurter like blew up on was coming back. Yeah, and Bobby Schmurter when Pop Smoke passed, he posted on his Instagram about how they was talking on the phone about doing music together when they get out, doing a project together. They already got a song out, song they did together. Wait, Bobby Smarter pers- posted on his Instagram? Yeah, he been posting on his Instagram. Huh? I'm not sure how it works, but he not he not in like a lockdown facility anymore. He got moved. Yeah, yeah, nigg- niggas be having phones in there. That's that's so wild to me. Yeah, he posts pretty regularly. So he talked about how they ha- they was gonna do a project together, which would have been ideal because it's it was being set up for Bobby to come home to like a huge Brooklyn scene that was made for him to succeed. Yeah, and now it's kind of like in a rough rough spot right now because the biggest artist out of Brooklyn right now just got killed. Yeah, man, that's sad to hear. Yeah, especially just twenty years old. Why do you think this is like a a reoccurring thing? It's because you know. Artists dying in hip hop has never been nothing new. You know, artists in the past have been shot and killed by over you know street reasons or just you know jealousy, envy, and it's not. It doesn't. It never gets easier to deal with because every artist that died the way they died always had a lot of potential to fulfill that they never got the chance to. Right. I mean, they they so young. Yeah. He was twenty. Twenty. Born in nineteen ninety nine. How? I think X was like around the same age. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Fucking. Juice yeah. World was twenty one. Yeah, it's either it's either addiction or just the streets envy. Yeah, oh man, it's got to stop for real, for real. Yeah, man, because it doesn't I, need to be like this for real. It doesn't. But at the same time, I don't know what artists, you know, what what kind of stuff they was involved in to know like this is what led to it or this is why this happened. And you know, because everybody, you know, behind the cameras, who knows what you what you went to or what you dealing with or who you deal with. Yeah, karma, karma make his way back around. Yeah, cause who's to say like Nipsey didn't you know do his dirt? Yeah, cause apparently from what from from what I read, I'm not I, I don't feel like I'm the most qualified one to speak about it, but apparently what Nipsey told dude was you know accused him of being a snitch, and he said you know you a snitch so don't come around me unless you got paperwork to prove otherwise that you, that's you're not, and yeah. so dude took it to heart and then that's what led to the events that happened. So, I, I watched the Big Sean interview, and he was like touching on this, and they were saying that the, they, if they maybe would have communicated more, they could have talked about it more. It it could have been smoothed over. But pride was hurt. Yeah, but somebody's pride and ego got hurt, and then so that led to to the events happening that what happened because he felt like that was the only way he could have got even because even after he shot Nipsey. He went back and kicked him in the head. So that lets you know that he was, it wasn't he was hurting, then like he felt like the only way he can get that pain healed was by doing what he did to Nipsey. Do you think it's it's too much pressure to always be tough, or to always like be like oh. everyone's so hardened nowadays? I feel like mm-hmm. it's because. You know, if you want to betray yourself to be this big tough guy or this big gangster, that's who you got to be everywhere you go. Because if you're not going to be that, people are going to test you. People are going to test you to see if that's really who you are. 
And that's always been the thing in hip hop. Like if you're gonna portray to be this big gangster, then whenever you go out of town, people from that town are gonna try to see if you really about what you what you say you are. And that comes with the pressure of being a gangster rapper. So do you so would you say it's like I guess it's 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 a two way street. So like the artists portray this image and then people respond to it. Yeah. It's like when the Migos first blew up, they was always getting into fights. Yeah, mostly Offset, but they was got they got into drive by shooting one time in, on the highway in, in Miami or Florida. Yeah, Rocky Rocky was getting into fights and shit too. Yeah, because if once once you people see that this is how you react when you get tested, they're gonna like, okay, I'm gonna try him when he comes to town. Like Black Youngster show, Black Youngster just did a show where he was performing and there was some Crips in the front row that would were saying shit to him, and he just pulled out a Draco to let him know like this is what it is. That shit is, and I feel like if scary. that's and if that's going to be like, if if you're going to be a gangster rapper, I feel like how you move is is super important. Because first off, you the money maker. You could be this tough guy, but you don't need to prove it to anybody. That's why it's important to have a good team around you to keep you protected, that watch over you. Because you know if you get in trouble, how's that? You know the team goes down because you the money maker. You keeping everything afloat. So I feel like for the people around you, in their best interest is to keep you safe. Yeah. It's a it's a grimy culture, a grimy environment that a lot of like the the true like street rappers, or, like gangster rappers, is in. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know who you could trust. Yeah, it's a lot of paranoia involved with it. A lot of it, and and sometimes it's like your right hand that'll end up doing you dirt. That could be like the one this. that sets you up. Yeah, that's it. Nas told us back in 96, 97, watch them. They'll be close to you and make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Because you know they think about smoking you. Nothing personal nowadays, just the ways. It was written. We talking, we having a serious conversation, but that was kind of corny. I ain't going to lie. Corny? It, 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 but it was good, though. Yeah, you know. It I, was, like, good corny. I had to sprinkle a little bit in there. Yeah. I, it was it was like right it. there. The setup was right there. Yeah. I, I threw I, it off the backboard and just dunked it myself. Yeah, it, was, it is kind of more, but I liked it. I needed that. Because I'm tired of talking about people dying and, like, like I, just, I just had, like, an experience to where if, if it, it could have went a certain way and it had been, like, very dark. Yeah, you, you was there. Yeah, like you, you put up in the middle of it. Yeah, and I don't want to get into like too much detail about it, but it, so it like, could have gone. It could have gone the other way, but thankfully it went the other way. It could have gone left, but it went the other way. Thankfully, is I think it's hard to maintain your morality in, in situations your like that because I don't. I'm not. I'm not no street nigga. I'm not no gangster or nothing like that. But you're right. I am. I'm very proud. So it's like I. I don't know. I don't want to run away, but I don't want to die. Yeah, and I don't want to kill it's nobody. The situation ain't worth dying over, or it's not you know catching a body over either. Because if 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 shit would have went left and it, it would have went an, the other way, and then now you in a situation. Yeah. Now you need lawyer fees. Yeah. And I'm, either 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 way, either outcome wouldn't have been a good one. So I'm glad it, it went the way it did. Yeah, me too. For real, for real. But, I, but that just comes from, like, you know, from, like, just being in that kind of environment. Like, that's what you got to face every day. So that's why people are always on edge about, like, that's why the paranoia is always there. Yeah. 
I I do not want to. I don't want to live that life. Nah, but so I, but like you, but it all, but it all comes down to how you carry yourself as an artist. If if you portray yourself as a gangster rapper, you gonna have to deal with those those precautions or the the measures that come with being a gangster rapper. But if that's not who you are, you don't gotta worry about that. Like ain't nobody chin checking Chance the rapper. Nah, I we don't know that though. Like, and, and he's still living in Chicago. So yeah, it's like if he you, from the South Side. People people gonna think you a lit. Yeah, always like but you. That, like that's you something you might have to deal with. Yeah, you you always you can't be paranoid and you can't you know like not leave a house or anything like that. But you got to be vigilant. Yeah, you, you gotta, can't. It, it's a, it's you a be very yeah. It's a very thin line. But I feel like if like Chance the Rapper don't got to worry about getting robbed when he go out of Chicago. Like you know, what I'm saying nobody's gonna press Chance the Rapper because that's not. Like I feel like you don't get points for that. You, I mean, you don't know that. But I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't. And I, but I, just how he carries himself, he he's a family man. Yeah, who praises God. I I don't think like niggas care about shit like that. Cause sometimes it's it's just like someone just like needed more. And if that yeah, makes you're the, sense, you're the way like, they get it. Yeah, like in in their head, it's just like I need this. And it, and it ain't no. It's nothing personal. Yeah, it ain't. Yeah, it ain't personal. But it's like if you if you ain't ate in a couple days, or and you see you see this rapper that you be hearing about on TV, and mm-hmm. even though he a family man, you you gonna see that as a, a, a lick. Yeah. Or a, a way for you to eat. It's a meal ticket for some people. Yeah, especially in your hometown. T Grizzly went through that in Detroit. Yeah. Luckily, he came out alive, but he lost an aunt in the process. Yeah, man, it's it's treacherous territory. Yeah, man. So I just hopefully next podcast we don't have to have this conversation again because you know it's a heavy topic and it's it's just always a lot to deal with and I don't like I don't like it when this happens in hip hop, especially for a young guy, young young kids at that. He's only twenty. He was only twenty. But I I I do believe like it's up to us to at least change the narrative and like make it easier to talk about it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the more we have these conversations in the in the more we take the pressure away from being this tough guy all the time or or taking just take you know just taking that mask off yeah because everybody human everybody go through things so it, it and not everybody needs to be a tough guy i mean i'm not no tough guy no, nah, not at all. I mean, I'm very, but, I'm very sensitive. Like, and it's it's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but yeah, it, there's nothing wrong with, with just you know being sensitive. I'm like, lear- I'm learning. It's that. a it takes a lot out of you to be a tough guy all the time. Yeah, or like trying to be the cool guy too. That's just, that's just, like a veil too in in itself. You got to be able to be real and and talk to people. And I think we are starting to get more into that. To where it's less pressure, but because you can always feel when it's not genuine. Yeah, always, and that, and trust me, you can tell when it's not genuine or that they're not being authentically themselves. What what they say, the coolest person in the room is usually the brokest. Mm-hmm. The loudest person in the room is usually the most insecure. Yeah, and I was watching G Herbo's Breakfast Club interview, and his, his new album is called PTSD, and he talks about how you know being from Chicago, where he's from. 
you know, because you said the American flag on the album represents, you know, the the freedom and ability to be whatever you want in this world because this country gives you that 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 opportunity. But he said, where we come from, we don't get those opportunities because we don't live to see live that long to see those opportunities take place. And especially where we come from, it's violent. You know, we the stuff that we had to see isn't normal for a 16 year old to see. He said he saw his first dead body when he was nine years old. And he thought that was normal until he went to therapy and realized that this isn't normal behavior. No, it's not. It, I, I feel like as a minority, you don't really you don't really get to be you, you really don't have a choice. Like you always gotta have this veil on. So like I always have to walk in between the line. I can't I can't be too loud because people gonna be scared of me. But if it, that's not like I'm being I'm not trying to scare nobody, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just you just got excited. Like I'm sub we we subconsciously taught to like play this role or and be numb or you yeah, like the norms aren't normal. Hmm. And he said he was saying how, you know, what however old you are, you got to multiply that by like 2. So if you 10, you go you got you really 20 mentally. Yeah. Cuz you don't really get to be a child. Cuz you it's like you got to grow up faster than everyone else. Yeah, man, that, that it it sucks for real, for real. And then it's it's cool because you know now there's there's really a big discussion about mental health. It's now becoming a forefront thing, and how because G Harbo talked about how first he he went to therapy because his lawyer wanted to, and so when he first went, he didn't really like it, but then he kept going back for more sessions, and he said now it's it's a common thing. He's like, I'll go back to Chicago just for a a, a therapy session, just because it's it's good to have somebody to talk to that's not like you. Because yeah, it it makes you realize like how crazy your situation growing up really was when they don't come from that same environment as you. Yeah, I I I think it's cool that therapy is being normalized and that that's something that more people are doing because I remember I in the Big Sean interview he talks about it or even like Ashan he talk he talks about like he he goes to see a therapist now. Yeah, and I've seen like a big change because like this is my friend I see him like pretty much every other day or something yeah. like that. And it, it helps. Yeah. And it's just you good could, to, to get that out. Because, you know, usually it's good to talk to your friends and your homies and your loved ones about what you're going through. But at the same time, it's you, you let that energy out, but they still carrying that. And they're always around you, so they're going to know. But it's like if you go to a therapist, you know, it, it stays there. Yeah, you could leave it there. Yeah. And you could get it off your chest and not have to worry about it coming back. That uh, I remember I, Joe Budden was talking about, like, the label should like have therapists on him. Yeah, I think uh, he was talking to about that. He talked about that with Big Sean. Wale said the same thing. I think Freddie Gibbs, the first one I think I heard, was the first one I heard say it. And I was reading because a lot of the Big Sean interview with Joe Budden is interesting because it's a lot about mental health. Yeah, as it an definitely artist. is. And then uh, I saw a video yesterday by Denzel Curry talking about mental health with Genius, and there was a statistic about uh, how a lot of mental health studies show that seventy three percent of independent artists suffer from some form of mental illness and creatives in general are most likely to suffer from depression and bipolar disorder. Well, uh, so Kendall, the owner of Happy Apple just came out and saying that he has bipolar. And I think we, the, the fans and, and people put so much pressure and like other outside forces put so much pressure on these artists and creatives to like play this role and, and fill this role and, and that they they forget to like take, take time themselves. for themselves yeah because he talked big sean talked about that a lot how 
you know, he just one day, and when he turned 30, he just said he was just done with everything, like just done with life. He was just so burnt out because, you know, when you're an artist, it's like it's constantly on go mode. Yeah. Like just keep the foot on their necks. Like keep keep putting out music, keep touring, keep doing these shows. And he says, you know, it's not normal to be on a plane nine days out of the week. Yeah. Or nine times out the week. And then go do a show. Do a show. Do then go two to- shows, do an interview, then go be in the studio yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, it's not regular. And I, I, we talked about this before on the podcast about like, you know, how fans are just fans don't really care about how the artist's well being is. They just want content, product, yeah, and a show. Exactly. But I it's it's starting to change. And it, I think it'll be better like by the end of the year. I mean, it's not going to change in but a year, I, but the narratives is, is happening. Yeah, people are starting to take better care of themselves, and it's good. And if you can afford it, like go go see a therapist. Don't you don't gotta wait till like some bad shit happens. You can go just, just go see a therapist now, because you could learn some things that helps you, per like that keeps you from those dark places. Or yeah, like, give you a mental breakthrough, or just cause sometimes you just need someone to talk to. Yeah, you need somewhere to leave it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about something bad. You could just just have you be stressed out about life, and you just need to get some stuff off your chest, and somebody there can listen to you, and maybe give you a solution to help you have a mental breakthrough. Exactly, exactly. Or read a book. Yeah, definitely like read. That helps. Read and write. Journal. Mm -hmm. That's that's something I've been trying to do. Is like just write more, get my thoughts out on paper so I can understand it. Cause sometimes it's just like you keeping it all in your head, and it just it just piles on some more, and then you add more shit to it, and it just keeps building and building and building. The pressure and the stress just it be, it becomes a lot to deal with. Yeah, till you have then, then you have that's what it, leads to like mental break breakdowns. Break so yeah, and then yeah. you start you know diving into your vices to help heal yourself, but it's only making it worse because it's not giving you a solution. It's just making helping you escape. And yeah. it, G Harbo talked about that too. He said he he went to rehab twice for like a Xanax addiction. And he said, you know, when he got out of rehab, he went right back into it. And he knew what he was doing was wrong. And he it got to a point where he realized, you know what, this ain't even helping me escape. This is just making my problems worse because I'm just adding on to them. Yeah, so it's either people people find try and find some escape as far as, like, drugs and stuff go. Or I think a lot of people just project, like, this pain and, and this feeling on other people. And, and no one's like, everyone's hurting, so we can't be too wrapped up in our own pain to, like, not see that. But it it it, it start with yourself and you taking care of your mental because then you don't, you're not looking through this veil of, like, paranoia or you're not just in this darkness to where you just so self-absorbed to where you, you hurting everybody around you. Yeah, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've been there. Like, you, you see me there. Mm-hmm. I I remember a uh, couple months ago you just like you just like come on let's let's go to the gym and that that like for real like helped me kind of get back into my shit and I'm I'm grateful to you as a friend for that and I really appreciate that because yeah it it's it's a it takes a village for yeah. sure. It's never, you know, you, you can't do it on on your own. Yeah, you're not as alone and, as you think. And there's never, there's nothing wrong with asking people for help. No, nothing at all. There's never any shame in asking someone for help or saying, "Hey, I need some help" or "I need someone to talk to." Yeah, man. It, it's gonna it's gonna take all of us. It's good, but it's great that we we are having this conversation and it's becoming more more of a frequent topic. 
Because that's pretty much what this one was going to be about today. Because the Big Sean interview was all about just his mental well-being. Yeah. It's crazy because he talked about in the interview how, you know, material things would only give him temporary happiness. Things that he worked his whole life for. Yeah. So he talked about how when he was 30, he moved into Slash's old house from Guns N' Roses. And his whole family was in there and everything. And it's like that big moment that you worked your whole life for. And he said, I didn't feel anything. He, I, remember, I felt worse than ever. I remember him saying, like, uh, he, he told his mom that... I don't want you to be in my life. Yeah, which is that's wild. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. But you can you could get to them dark places, especially when you when you're not taking care of yourself and you isolate yourself. Yeah, he said he was walking around with a gun in the house just just cause. Yeah, he, which is wild to think about Big Sean doing that because that's not Big Sean's character. Never, I mean, I don't know him personally, but just from what we've seen and what we hear from, that doesn't seem like that's the kind of person he is. Of he, course, you know, you got to protect yourself. He definitely was like. In a dark space, and he 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 didn't say nothing di- directly, but like he was hitting it like, you know, like I, I don't, I ain't even gonna say it, cause that people are get help. I'll say that. Yeah, but he did. He he finally went to a therapist, and he kind of he got himself right mentally. Yeah, cause you know he kind of disappeared for a while there, and he said he started working out more. He started going to therapy. He's he's been meditating since he was seventeen. Yeah. So he's always been trying to take the steps to make sure he was mentally right. It's just when you're an artist, you kind of forget all that because you're constantly on the road. You're constantly moving. You're constantly working. And I think as consumers and fans, we got to understand that, you know, it's cool when artists produce a lot of music for us to enjoy. But you got to understand that working like that hard can really be detrimental to their mental health. Yeah. So definitely. if an artist kind of lays low for a while, just let, them, let them be. And when yeah. they're ready, they'll be ready. Because we've been bugging Isaiah Rashad for like, Four years for this album. Well, Isaiah, we need you. And he had his own little issues with addiction during the the creation of the Sun's tirade. For real? What was he addicted to? Was it Xanax. Like Xanax. It got so bad. His Xanax addiction got so bad that Top Dog and them had to pull him to the side and say, "Listen, if you don't go to rehab for this, we're we're gonna drop you from the label." Damn. Yeah. I didn't realize it got like deep like that. Yeah. And well, he was he was afraid to go public with it because he thought people and his fans would like judge him for it. And then he said, when I came out about it publicly, everyone was really supportive, which caught me off guard a little bit. I I think that support is there. You just gotta be open to it. And it's just hard for people to admit that they have an addiction. Yeah, that's the hardest because that's the first step you gotta take when you want to like overcome your addiction is admit that you have an addiction. And that's a that's hard for a lot of people to admit because nobody wants to view themselves as an addict. I mean. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of people were just like good at hiding it. Yeah, I kn- we kind of talked about this on the way here. Is that I know I know a shit ton of functional alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's some in my family too. Like I I grew up watching people just like and it's kind you kind of think it's normal. Drunk. I, yeah, it's normalized, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's, it's really not a normal thing. But you you grow up around it. It's like oh, this, this is normal. It's always been like this, but that doesn't make it right. It's because it's always been like this doesn't mean it's right. Right, right, right. So it's important. It's it's really dope that this is a conversation happening a lot more now in hip-hop, and I hope it continues. I hope it only grows because, you know, hey, I like my favorite artists, and I'm glad they make a lot of music and they make great music, but sometimes if they need a break, there's plenty more artists out there that I can listen to that will hold it down while they're gone. And you could always revisit old music, you know? yeah. If you really need to listen to some Big Sean, go play uh, <laughs> play some play some bullshit, boy, boy, boy. 
little bitch. Fuck you doing? Bullshit. Actually, I went down like a little Big Sean rabbit hole yesterday on YouTube. For real? I, was, I kinda I I did I listened to bullshit because I remember that song on the album. Uh fuck you doing. Oh man, bullshit. <laughs> what what's your favorite Big Sean album? Dark Sky Paradise. Yeah, mine. That's mine too. It's cool. He talked about that in the interview. About yeah, how he, that was his his big album. Like how he that was the one he felt like it, it was all coming together for him creatively. And it's cool because I told him that in the interview when I, he came by the station for my when I was an intern. Mm-hmm. And he, I told him that and I have a it's on my Twitter. I could I'll, I'll show you it later. But because I was uh Theo Theo, my man Theo let me be the one to record the interview on my phone. And so I was pretty much sitting where you are sitting. So I was about this far away from Big Sean. And while he was waiting for the interview to start, I said, yo, man, you know, I always liked your music. And I always thought it was cool. But I feel like you just, every album you put out just was missing something to make it, you know, help you reach your full potential that I know you could reach. And then, you know, when you put out this album, this made me realize, okay, like now you now you bring it all together to make an album that I knew you could always make. He, uh, he talked about that uh, in the interview. He was saying uh, he... Because he kind of was like in this mode, he wasn't really in touch, in tune with himself. Yeah, how how he was feeling emotionally that he did kind of give like lackluster music, you know. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't the the truest sense of himself. And, and so hopefully, I'm in, I'm excited to hear what he does. Yeah, being in the, this better space. Yeah, being more in tune with himself. It's dope because I like Big Sean as a person. I just hope the music matches. Yeah, he he's definitely a good dude. Yeah, and I love I love his last his last album. I love I decided. I liked I decided. I like Dark Sky Paradise. I don't, I didn't like his first two albums. I mean, they were cool. They were cool. There's good moments, but overall, it's you know it's kind of like the cheesy big big Sean lines a lot. What uh, what was the second one? Hall of Fame. Ho Jay Z Hall of Fame. Sit your punk ass down. That's that's the one with uh. That's the one with um not is it Nas Chain or some he got a song about Nas on it. It got Beware on it. Yeah, that's with the one. Wayne. The Beware 10 to 10. Yeah, he got a he got a couple tracks on there that was yeah. tight. Beware was hard. Um and then Toyota was it Toyota Music? Was that one on there too? Yeah, I think that's on there. I don't got I don't got my phone right now. There was another big song I feel like he had on there. But then after that came Detroit. Detroit was Detroit. A that that was piece his of moment. work. We talk we talk about that a lot on the podcast. Yeah, is uh Detroit was because that that was like very emotional. And I felt that I was like, oh, this is he really showing us something right now. Yeah, he's he's showing like like what he could really do. He had Kendrick and J Cole on there too. Mm-hmm. Twenty four carats of gold, still one of my favorite yeah, big Sean songs. Motherfucker slap. Yeah, let's see Hall of Fame. What was on it? Fire Toyota music. Yep. First chain with Nas and Cuddy. Okay, yeah. Remember when I put you on that song with Nas, you told me you were so grateful? No more interviews. Oh, damn. <laughs> Let's see. What else is on that one? Uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it was one of them albums, because I think Detroit came out before Hall of Fame. Yeah, Detroit came before Hall of Fame. And then people were like, ah, the mixtape was better. Yeah. That's one of the things you... you I feel like when it comes to mixtapes, that was one of the downsides of mixtapes. Following up an album... Or putting out a mixtape before the album was you had to like if the mixtape was really good then the album had to be even better. I don't think you could judge them on like with the with the same eye because they're different albums and mixtapes were completely different when you made them because you know the album had to be commercially successful. Yeah, it's or, different. It's more uh, of a like a pop yeah. type deal. But I also think albums are more conceptual than mixtapes and 
not to say that a mixtape can't be conceptual because mm-hmm. we we have seen a lot of that, but a lot of time I'm I'm from the era of like Wayne just rapping over a bunch of different beats. Yeah, and just like I'm go- I'm gonna rap really good on this mixtape over, over someone else's yeah. beat. That that's how that's what I that's my standard for a mixtape. Yeah, and the and the mixtapes the the term like what a mixtape was changed a lot as the the years went on because you know the Wayne was the original mixtape first you had Fifty Cent, then you had Wayne. And then Drake came with So Far Gone, and it was a mixtape full of original music. Yeah. Which was something completely different from what we were used to. And then that kind of changed the landscape of what a mixtape is. Yeah, every... It, it, the, the evolution the industry of industry involved, yeah. It was definitely like a transition period. Yeah, but it, it's good. It's dope, though, because, you know, that led to us get projects like Friday Night Lights, Section 80, Detroit. Fucking... Uh, Cushion OJ. More about nothing. More about nothing. Yeah, that shit was fire. It was dope, man. That led to a, a really great evolution in mixtapes, acid rap. Oh man, monster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, it's dope, man. It's dope. I like. I like. Yeah, I like it a lot. But I'm excited to see what Big Sean could do. I hope. I haven't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't liked the singles a lot. Like the 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 songs he did with ASAP Ferg, and then the other song he did with Hit Boy. I wasn't really feeling, but I like the single again song. I. I the what's that? The one uh is that the one with the video where he got What have all you the done for yourself? I, I ain't what really have like you that. done for I li- your I like the, the track he got with Ferg. Oh Berserk? I, yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I I'm a Ferg fan. Though. Yeah, I, I love ASAP Ferg a lot. I like his new song he got called Value. Getting back to that old Trap Lord sound. Yeah, that gritty sound. Yeah, ho. I need I need that. That's why. That's why I've been on that Bowley James. Yeah. You know yeah. what's cool, man? You know what I love about that interview? They was talking about how Detroit's a dark place. Yeah. Cause Joe Bones like, I recorded in Detroit a couple times. It gets kind of dark. He got a uh Bowley James got an interview with uh Elliot Wilson? Not does he? Yeah, they did a car test. I haven't, him I haven't seen that one. Um nah, I'm talking about the one he got with Adam Twenty Two. It was a no jumper interview. I, I didn't I haven't finished it yet. But he was talking about like, cause he's blood. He blood cousins with Chuck English. Yeah, he just he just tweeted out how he tweeted today how he was thankful for Chuck English because Chuck English was the one that encouraged him to start rapping. Yeah, he he that's how he met like Alchemist and everything like that. But he was telling telling a a story about a situation he was in to where he like he hit some dude with a car. Oh wow! Yeah, it was, it was hella wild. I guess. Bro, I don't I don't remember the whole story, so I'm not gonna even try and tell it. But yeah, my nigga been in some dark <laughs> shit, and you can you can hear it in the music. Yeah, like uh, have you listened to it yet? I listened to it. I listened to it three times at the gym again. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I don't like what it did to me. When you started feeling dark, I felt super dark. I didn't smile once listening to that album, <laughs> except when he said they said I have a morbid sense of humor that just made me laugh. <laughs> like that shit. I don't like how that album made me feel. It made me feel really dark, and I don't want to go back to that place. I mean, I love that shit. It kind of, it really scared me. <laughs> I don't not, like who I was becoming in like that, them two hours. Look, man, I, I've been on that wave for a minute, and because uh, you know the whole Griselda and Conway and and uh, Westside Gun and Benny. That's what that's mm-hmm. my my niggas. I've been on that, but. My nigga Bowley James got a, a different feel to it. Dog, you know, and we talked about this on the fun episode when we talked about the currency Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist project they did. Uh-huh. And I said, Alchemist is like the Martin Scorsese of producers, man. He could really craft out a, a sound and a, a sound for you to make it feel like a movie. 
What was your favorite track off of the, uh, was it No, The Price of Tea in China? Uh, That's the name of the My project. favorite one was probably, uh, let me see, let me see. I want to make sure I, I get a, get the name of it right. Let me see. My favorite song is uh, Surfing Turf with Vince Staples. Yeah. That production is just so. His, his I, flow is crazy on that. Yeah. Plugs in Detroit. Um, and uh, yeah, then bro, I love playing. how, like, how they transition, how the, how the album transitions is so amazing. I love how Runnings just transitions and scrape the bowl. Runnings. 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 Yeah, okay. So you said Surfing Turf is your favorite? Yeah, I fuck when with Snort too. Shit, my favorite one, Karoo. Damn, I can't pick one actually. Cause the whole album just slaps. I think it really ain't no skips on here. Not, not at all. I think. Damn, I, I'm probably gonna say four of them. So Karoo, Giant Slide, Scrape the Bowl, Pinto. They did, did my shits. Yeah, I, for real, for real. I feel like every rapper needs to have at least one project with, with Alchemist at this point. I mean, yeah, cause he he really. He can really craft out a sound for you. If like all you gotta do is tell him a concept and an idea you want to do, and he'll make it happen for you. I don't think everybody could can handle can, that production. Yeah, cause I feel like that's reserved for the the elites, the spitters, the 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 bar deliverers. Real balls are the ill balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> what you what you think about a Pusha T Alchemist uh, project? I would love that. You know, when I was listening to this Bodie James album. I thought to myself, the only thing missing from this is a push a T a push a T fe- feature, man. Because you got the who's who of drug dealers, you know. You got he, the the Bodie, you got you got the uh, Benny the Butchers, you got the Freddie Gibbs, you got the, you throw the Vince Staples in there because he had a nice verse. Evidence, evidence from Dilated Peoples. I don't know if he's a drug dealer or not. Nah, I just said I just said the name. I was trying to be funny. Uh, Vince Staples said he killed. About huh huh huh. <laughs> I don't, but I think Vince Staples dark. That'd yeah, be scary. You know, he's the same one that made Cold Day in Hell. But he started off dark. Yeah. Like, he just now getting to, like, the fun shit, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, That's- after, like, FM is when he was like, oh, I'm having fun with this. Which is cool, though, because you don't want to see somebody in a dark space forever. I mean, yeah, it's just it's a scary world. Yeah. So- okay, so if, if Pusha T had to be on this album or this project, what, what song would you put him on? Let's see. I think he could do some mean shit to scrape the bowl. You just want to hear him with Benny again. <laughs> I mean, you put them three on a track, you about to get magic. Oh, but I, he I, he got to be on Snort to me. He got to be on something ooh. that got to do with Coke. Yeah. He got to be. I think I like to hear him on Snort too. Yeah. Because yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on now, oh, dog. Wrong button. Come oh, on, man. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay. There we go. Right. We got the right one. We got the right one. Yes, yes. But, you know, or oh, I thought another, I think a sleeper feature that would do really well in this album and might surprise you would be 50 Cent. 50? I think 50 could give you a nice little verse on one of these songs. No comment. You don't think so? I'm not saying that. I'm, I don't think I'm educated enough to make, to say yay or nay. That. That's that's all I'm saying. I like this verse I'm, on the Griselda project. He was on the WWCD album. I don't remember. Oh yeah, he had a nice little verse. I think fifty because fifty cent, you know, he's like you know one of the godfathers of the drug dealing rap. He he definitely he, he like was a shift. Yeah, and where music was going. So I would definitely I res, 
I respect 50 Cent. Just know that I I picked Kanye. I, I actually I'll, no, I'll say that. I picked Curtis. You picked Curtis? I picked Curtis, bro. I was a G on the soldier. You couldn't tell me nothing. Maybe we should all pick Curtis. Looking back on, we probably should have. I'm just, all right, I'm kidding. Let's we always end up talking about Curtis. <laughs> so on to, on to the next. Yeah. But I like that. I like the Bodie James, man. I like it. I just I I have to be in the gym listening to it because it only works in the gym. If I'm listening to it any other time, I don't I don't want to become that person throughout the day. Hey, every morning. This is what you want, giant slide. I'm gonna read a book. Just me and my nine, we ten toes down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nigga reaching for my chain must be trying to die. (laughs) Nah, we was we just talked all that positivity right now we <laughs> mental health and now we talk about kill him and his homies that's we, a giant slide yeah yeah we not on it i love it though man I'm, i love to see artists like bodie james get they get their moment because he's done projects with alchemist before this they uh they yeah. have a nice little repertoire together he uh adam 22 is saying he's kind of like he gets to be a he always gets the reset button hit on him, you know. Yeah, like he, cause he been around for a minute since the first one they came. The first project they did together was called My Chemistry Set, and that came out in twenty thirteen. When did Give Getting Flick come out? Uh, let me see. I count guap like a Pacino at the coffee shop, whipping cream out the cappuccino. <laughs> My nigga's going dummy. <laughs> Let's see, is that a song? Yeah. Which one? What's it called? Getting flicked. Let me see if I find it. I think it was on. Uh, it was on a Cool Kids project. Oh, were? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it might. It might be on uh, streaming services now. Okay. Getting flicked. Yeah. Nope. It's a damn shame. <laughs> but it's cool because this is you know the year's been kind of off to a slow start for the most part. But I was kind of waiting for that. That artist to like put out an album that catch that captures that kind of motivates everybody. Yeah, it, that's gonna make niggas start rapping. Yeah, and it's for keep, sure, it keeps for it sure. going because you know you got Freddie Gibbs and Being the Butcher, two artists who had a huge year in 2019 when it comes to that kind of music and that landscape. So for Bodie James to kind of pick up what they left off and keep it moving. Yeah, don't don't man, them Griselda niggas are going crazy. Yeah, uh, Benny and Conway had this freestyle. I forgot. I, I'm gonna show you uh after the podcast, but. Conway was spazzing. It was like, was it the booth? Uh, maybe it was the booth. It was, it was it a bunch of like, uh, yeah, yeah. I sent it in the in the group yeah. group chat or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, did you listen to it? Uh, not not the whole see. thing. Look, man, look, fire. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. I fucking love it, man. But uh, yeah. So Detroit, Detroit's doing it big right now. I love it. Now. I got a question for you before we move on from the Big Sean shit. Actually, there was two things I took away from the Big Sean interview. The first one was that Click had 10 verses on it. Did you get to that part? Yeah, and and a lot of them got cut. Except for Big Sean's. Yep. Which is a huge, I like, that's a good Big Sean verse. Respect. Mm-hmm. That's big for him. I'm always curious to know, who were the other 10 verses, though? And what did they say? I don't know, man. Because that, that was the cool summer era. That's when everyone in good music was just in a so special bag. So who all was there? Wait, wait. First, so it's only Big Sean and Jay on the song, right? And Kanye. And and what? Well, yeah, yeah. So let's think. Who all was in Hawaii with them niggas? I could see, I could see Pusha T being on that. Yeah, Pusha T could have had a verse. Saha could have had a verse, probably. Mm-hmm. But them the only three rapping niggas that I could think of from maybe Two Chainz because like, he was around good music a lot good that music. time. Yeah, that 
that that's a, like a reasonable one because Two Chains was going crazy at that time. Yeah, he Two Chains was like one of the hottest rappers out that time. Yeah, all of his, I ain't gonna say all of his verses was fire, but he had a lot of heat. Yeah, this one based on a true story came out, so shit was really popping for Two Chains. Uh, shit, who else? Maybe, man, who else? It's hard to think who who the five other people would be on the song. This is a big song. I mean, all of the names that we just named was like fire, and it's hard to, in my opinion, it's hard to see like Big Sean, you know, be the one that came him, out beating him out to be on the. It, it on might the just song. be the vibe he came with. Yeah, because I love his verse on that song, and he did the hook too. Yeah. So actually, I think I think Click was supposed to be Big Sean's song. If I remember correctly, that was supposed to be Big Sean's song for his album, but they put it on Cool Summer instead. Man, Which you know, he, 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 yeah, he took a loss on that one for his album, but hey, it went to a, it went to a bigger purpose. And then, do you think was was Big Sean dissing Kendrick? Man, <laughs> oh, dude, I love how much I love I, how personal I, Kendrick took that shit. I'll big pun your punk ass. You a scared little bitch. I think I think he was. Cause Sean he, brought he he too proud. Cause I, the, I mean the control verse, right? There, I feel like there's no way if you like a rapper, they met. Maybe he wasn't consciously doing it, but man, come on. <laughs> that nigga was they was they was beefing. Yeah, and, and then Sean definitely took it personal. They 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 handled it the right way. Yeah. Nah. Well, I nah. Know. I mean Kendrick let him know what it was, and then Sean was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do this. Let me take a step back for a minute and kind of regather my shit. Yeah, it would have been. Cause I don't, I don't feel like it would have got too crazy. I think it would have been. It would have been it strictly stayed rap. rap shit. Yeah. yeah, it's just did Big Sean want to take it there? Cause I think he did. I think at one point he did want to take it there. Cause he's he uh. Cause he did some on uh what was it? No more interviews. Hmm. Let me see. What do you what do you say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not impressed by you guys that are rapping fast, who sound like one big asthma attack, but trash when I'm rapping back. Who you put on your top five and claim they the savior savior of rap? Who else is that aimed at? I mean, Kendrick, the only one that was at the top at the time. Yeah. He was the chosen one. He still is. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> I just love it because he kept throwing jabs at Kendrick, and then Kendrick came out with the hard part four and was like, "Let me just, let me just draw this line in the sand real quick and let you know what it really is." I'll big pun your punk ass. You a scared little bitch. Tip a tone around my name. <sighs> he right. really let Sean have it, and then he had humble come out, where he Sit made it down. up. Bitch, be humble, little bitch. <laughs> and then he came out with the element verse. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Kendrick let him I, have I don't, it, man. I don't think Big Sean wanted any smoke for real. For nah, I, I think Big Sean learned really quick that that's not what he wanted. All your faith, because he also said that they did a song together on DJ Khaled's album, and Big Sean said, you know, I hear a lot of me and your favorite rappers. <laughs> that's how you felt. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> I, I, it wouldn't have been a real beef, I don't think. I think it had to go that route, or else it would have been bad for Big Sean. I like how Kendrick. I think that let people know like what Kendrick's capable of doing if they want to take it there. And I think I think Kendrick's really just waiting for that moment for somebody to take it there. He, but but no one is. He creepy. 
I, he's scared. I, yeah, something wrong with Kendrick. He's, he's getting kind of spooky. Yeah. Spooky hours. Speaking of spooky hours, you hear the new Drake? Nah. It literally dropped today. For real? No, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, it's called um let me see what it's called. Some it's like one's it's like two songs in the two songs in one. Oh, it's called When to Say When in Chicago Freestyle. Who is it just him? Yeah. No, I haven't I haven't heard it. I only heard the track you got with Future. Oh, Life is Good? Yeah, working on the weekend. Yeah, like, like usual. Hey, way off in the deep end, like usual. You mm-hmm. you think Drake really not paying his taxes? <laughs> he's too turned up. Nah, he's That's a flex. I don't even pay my taxes. Not me. Not me. I pay taxes. Not okay. me. Not me. Yeah, I was about to say, Joe. Like, oh. Nah, but yeah, so Drake put out new music and it's, 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 it's nice. He called his baby mom a mistake, but hey, I like her as a person. Oh. <laughs> I love that. It is what it is, but I like her as a person. Yeah, where's the new Eminem at? It's out. Oh, there's more. I was just kidding. Oh, no, there's a whole album out. Did you not hear? Nah. Music to be murdered by? I haven't listened to Eminem since the second Marshall Mathers LP. Oh, you see, you never listened to Eminem show? Wait. The Eminem show, the one that came out with a clean out my closet. And no, I heard that. I'm just at the second. Or it, oh, oh, you know oh, the sequel that came out like last decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, ah. He put out a new album. Like, he put out a new album the same day Max album came out. Circles? I, yeah, I never listened to it. it Did called, you listen to it? No, nah, I really couldn't just bring myself to do it. Yeah, I'm. that's kind of where I'm at with Eminem. But Not, I still Nothing against Eminem. I still respect like, him. I have no interest in listening to his music at the current moment in time. Yeah. But he did do an interview with Crooked Eye or King Crook, whatever he calls himself these days on Crook's Corner. Yeah, you tell me about that. Yeah, it was a it's a cool interview, man. It's it's like if you were to sit down and watch two history professors talk about history and just like how much they appreciate it. What did you what did you learn from the uh, lecture? It was pretty dope, man. He's uh I just really appreciate how much of a student of the game he is and he still is to this day. So you know how we kind of clown Eminem for just rapping the rap but or, not really saying a lot. I mean, just rapping fast and shit. Yeah. So he said, you know, he said hip hop was built off, you know, rhyming and flowing. Yeah. As a not really based upon content. So that's why he does what he does. And he says, sometimes I just want to rap to rap. Like I don't want to talk about anything. But he says, when I want to, I'll make songs that have a have a message. So like there was a song he put out. The first single he put out when he announced the album was a song called Darkness, which touches on the Las Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. So there's songs like that on the album. He will talk about something in particular and then base that around the song but he said otherwise he just likes to do songs like Godzilla with Juice World, where he raps really fast and whatnot and says all these syllables in one short sentence just to prove to himself that I can do this and that's how he pushes himself creatively so even though that may not be some shit we want to hear this is what he enjoys to do because it shows that he's still sharp as ever with his skill set I might give the the darkness track a listen there's a video out for it too that's kind of it's pretty heavy so I'll check it out and uh, it's cool how he, you know, whenever Crook would try to, like, big him up, big him up, he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, but, hey, like, this guy's nice, or, like, you were always good at this. Like, he would always deflect any praise and put it on someone else. He, he So he's very humble. Yeah, super humble. He uh he talked about how, you know, he he bigged up a lot of artists in interviews, like Young and May, YBN Corday, even the baby. He said, I like the baby because him and Kendrick are two people where you don't really know where the rhymes are going to take you. It's You don't know what they're going to say next. Artists like that are so unique to me because that's what keeps them interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to come next? Like, what are they going to say next? Like, if you listen to Bop, where he the baby talks about, I wouldn't invest in, in some real estate. 
Yeah. Like how he just kind of stretched it out to make it fit the flow, but still sound dope. Well, he do. He worked with the real ghost, too. It could be one of, you know, double entendre. Double meaning. Okay. Get your bars off. He also said every Saturday he'll get lost on YouTube to kind of see what's hot and see what's going on in, in hip hop. So he he tries to stay up and up in tune to what's 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 popping right now. I wonder what his fucking history on YouTube look like. <laughs> what's what's on Eminem's recommendation? Yeah. He talked about how he he really admired Juice World because he watched the hour freestyle he did on Tim Westwood. He was like that's just an amazing skill set to have, especially Yo, he freestyled for an hour? Yeah, on Tim Westwood. Man, now I got to go back in. Yeah. Check it out. There's a freestyle he did in the studio where his bodyguard would like hold up different items and stuff and he would rhyme around that. So he had like a, a can of Coke. He rapped about the can of Coke and then he'd hold up like a remote. He would start rapping about the remote. Like Juice World was really, really good freestyler. Like a legit good freestyler. Yeah, he was very, very good at making music. He, yeah. He could make songs too. And I, I admired that about him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I... Towards the beginning of his career, I, I compared him to like Little Peep a lot because of the mix between like rock and hip hop and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as far as like making songs, I think Juice World had a, a wider range because he could do all of the rock shit, or he could he for real could just make like a, a, a rap track. Yeah, like the mannequin challenge he did with Young Thug is amazing, yeah. amazing. Up in the sky like a mannequin, yeah. Hey, swipe, swipe. Yeah, he uh, he also <laughs> so he talked about how people were criticizing J Cole's middle child, and he goes, you know, honestly, bro, like if you criticize that, like, what the fuck do you like? He goes, listen, he goes, listen, this is my favorite quote. He goes, listen, I know it's your opinion, but your opinion's wrong, <laughs> and I feel like sometimes people just need to be told that. I don't think people really have opinions or like free thinkers. I think it's a lot of um. Uh, augmentation and just group, group yeah group think because i don't know i don't i'm a firm believer in just like i don't really i don't really like this this not hidden for me yeah but it, that's what that's why i was trying to stay away from social media because for a minute i was caught up in the the big sean hey yeah for real, for real. everyone I, is it's just weird how the internet would, would just turn on somebody all of a sudden that's just it it's over for them yeah, like they just corny. Like Meek Mill went through that for the longest until he had to work himself out of it, and then J Cole had to do the same thing. That's yeah. when I kind of realized, like, okay, like we kind of in a group think mentality because everyone loved J Cole like in 2012, 2013, and then all of a sudden it just became cool to hate on J Cole. Yeah, I think everything's kind of finding its like natural cycle again. Yeah, like we all starting to think for ourselves again. Yeah, the internet is very superficial. How how long you think? Like the coronavirus is gonna be like a trend. It's a, it is like a thing, but eh, I mean, I'm kind of scared. I mean, I just seen what it did overseas, and I'm like, all right, that's kind of deep, man. They Italy isolate quarantine fifty thousand people. Well, well, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, but it's just how you deal with it. I mean, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Take care of your body. Be but be more educated on things. Don't give in to groupthink. You know, learn for yourself. Yeah. Have your actually formulate your own opinion. It's it's okay to be scared of things, but don't just be scared for no reason. Know what's going on and be educated. 
because you do have the internet. You on social media, like getting someone else's opinion who got someone else's opinion who got someone else's opinion. That's all. That's so all social media is just opinions. Learn. Use use that little app that takes you to the internet, <laughs> and then do some research. Mm-hmm. Now, something I thought it was really interesting. I watched this interview Royce the Five Nine did, and he talked about how Eminem wanted to collab with T Grizzly. But Royce told Eminem, like, yo, just wait wait on that collab just so he can get one more on his own so it doesn't look like you're trying to put him on. Yeah. And so he did that, and then T. Grizzly came out of nowhere and dissed Eminem. And then now T. And then now T. Grizzly apologized and wants to work with Eminem. But do you think an Eminem feature, like a cos- Eminem feature or cosigns, means a lot these days? Uh, yeah. I think it still has, like, some some merit maybe not as much as it did like back, back in the day yeah but yeah that's that still says a lot and that that can create opportunities for you i wouldn't i would not take if it made sense for like my career as a rapper i would not take um uh, eminem feature yeah you know what i mean yeah, because all right. So T Grizzly said on a song called "No Talking." I run Detroit. People talking about Eminem, talking that shit. I kill you, him, and him. I made an M, then I made an M again. Slow down. Yeah, so that was the diss he did to Eminem. What do you think about it? I mean, that was a bridge that you didn't really need to burn. I'm sure Eminem would be down to work with him now, because like T Grizzly came out and said that, "Yo, I want to work with you," but it was really unprovoked. I guess you know it's one of the things you see on the internet. Like you say, you run Detroit, and everyone on the internet's like, "Nah, Eminem runs Detroit," and so now it kind of goes to your head, and now you you feel in some kind of way. Is this around the same time that he uh, he lost his aunt or anything like that? Uh, is, is, is like I'm not too sure. It's back. Well, it was around June 2019. Uh, but I'm not too sure. I don't remember. I. So yeah, T. Grizzly said he had no idea he even had that bridge in the first place. And he, he said, "There's no hard feelings." And maybe he was just in like attack mode. Yeah. Just, but ah, fuck everything. Because you know Conway signed to Shady, which is I still think, it's still like a big feature for like the hip hop world. Because you know Eminem, Eminem's still Eminem at the end of the day. He's still known for his talent. So if he if he likes an artist like Conway, that means like Conway's got serious talent. Like he admires what he does. Yeah. Con- Conway's hard as fuck. And they had an Eminem feature on the Griselda project. What do you what do you think of the inverse? I didn't really, I didn't really like it, but it's still like a big look for them. Yeah, because they got a track with Fifty Cent and Eminem. Shout out, shout out the Griselda niggas. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to interview y'all. One day, one day, but maybe I like, maybe this year. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows what what's gonna if, happen if, in 2020? If, if y'all got a uh, Griselda management contact, you know, shoot us an email. Was it? What's our What's our email, Joe? I don't think we have an email. We have an email. We have an email? Yeah, we do. I set it up. I forgot the name of it. I think it's so the yada yada podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Send it, uh send us the information, you know. Shoot it. Holla at us. Holla at us. Holla. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gross. But yeah, man. So I think, you know, I think the Eminem interviews is something you should definitely check out. If you it's just cool to see Eminem be a student of the game and be appreciative of, of hip hop. Cause I feel like a lot of people just don't appreciate hip hop no more. They end the mu- they end the music, but they not really into the music. You know, it's just a check to them. Yeah. So it's always cool to see somebody that's just really appreciative of just the culture, the music, and the genre itself. 
and respect it. I think we getting back to that. I've been saying this for a while. The cream will rise. I think I do believe 2020 is that year to where we get back to the real shit. We starting to be able to sift through the bullshit. Oh yeah, all of this bullshit. The and cream will rise. Yes, it's about that time. You listen to any of the new music that dropped? Uh, I haven't. I've been a lot. A lot dropped. What? So what, baby what drop. Uh, Janae Aiko dropped a new song, which is really dope. I'm I'm pretty excited for her album. Okay. Since I got a girlfriend, I've been really into her music. What else dropped? Um, uh, Herbo. I like Herbo's music. <laughs> Herbo G Herbo is funny to me because it's like. It's like him and the beat are never on the same page. It's like he's either trying to catch the beat or the beat's trying to catch Herbo. Damn. <laughs> but it's it's great, though. I like it. it. It works for him. There's a song on there. Like, you ever see that gif of him and that DJ when they was doing the running? They was doing that dance. Mm-hmm. This shit like this. Dun, 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 they just doing, dun. like, this back and forth dance. Like, there's a song There's a song on Herbo's album. I think it's called I Run It or I, I Run Shit. Let me see what it's called. But it's great. I like G Herbo's album. I listened to it like once last night. I like what I hear. Like it's definitely something in this bitch is what's called. It just gives you that like, ugh, ugh, you know? Girl. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. good. I'm I'ma check some new music out this week. I, like I really it. I I did what you did. I took some notes. You know, I got away from social media. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts. You focus in more when you don't have social media. Yeah. It's dope. It's a beautiful thing. It's very refreshing. Lil Baby put out an album. I like Lil Baby's album. I think it's the album that really... I mean, Lil Baby to me was already a star, but I think it's going to be the album that, that solidifies his status. His album's currently on pace to sell like the highest any rap album has sold so far in 2020 outside of Eminem. Word? Yeah. So hmm. I think he's officially a superstar, and I love it. I love his flow. And he, he really spitting. I will give him a listen. He His flow is so light and elegant, but it's it's, so, it's still hardcore. And he raps his ass off, too. So that came out. We got Party Next Door about to drop this month. P and D. You ready exci- for Do Rag Jesus? For that. Durag Jesus. <laughs> no. Are you ready? No, I'm not. You're not nice. You're rude. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> what do you think about uh Kaylani and YG breaking up? I mean, hey, she looking good. <laughs> Whoa. She looking good. Yes, Lord. Good, good thing your girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> No, my girlfriend doesn't support me in any of my endeavors. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That yeah. was a joke, guys. Let's relax. Everybody calm down. Yo, it's good we ain't famous, famous yet. Yeah. Now, I will I, I album I think you'll like is the Denzel Curry Kenny Beats album. It sound like it sounds like if they made a soundtrack to a Crash Bandicoot video game, this would be it. That sounds pretty tight. Yeah. The video's even doper because it's like the files got leaked, so they go into the internet to get the files back. But each song has like its own different universe in the internet. So like one, one is like a Samurai Jack universe. Yeah, it's Yo. super hard. Another one, like the first one they go to, is like an old like Japanese horror style universe. It's super creative. I it's really dope, really well done. I like it. I like it a lot. I highly recommend everybody check it out. So yeah, man, I like it, man. But yeah, so that's that's it. That's a, that's all we got to talk about today. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, Anything you want to let the people know? Nah. Fucking people. read books. <laughs> Do research. Formulate your own opinion. Say I love you to people that you care about. Um, and and love yourself. You know, take some time for yourself. Love yours. 
Love yours. Oh, how'd you like that Tim Tame Impala album? That motherfucker diggy. <laughs> this is like my first. This is the first Tame Impala album I've got to experience in real time. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I've always been kind of late to the party. Yeah. Have you seen? Uh, was it? Have you watched the Lost in Yesterday video? Hmm. Oh, you got. We gotta watch it. It's tight. I like the. I like the new Thundercat and the do rag Dragon Ball do rag. Yes, sir. That okay, so yeah, that's what oh. I've been. I love Thundercat. Thundercat is one of my favorite he's characters in music right now. Yeah, he's funny as fuck. He is great. I, I'm really super excited. I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when him and Donald Glover were in the studio together. That was that was probably some wild shit. I just wonder what he's like in the studio in general. With like, I imagine like Kendrick is intense, and especially when he's this, writing to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, then you got this clown that is <laughs> <laughs> that is Thundercat. Thundercat. <laughs> It's crazy. I didn't know he was signed to Flying Lotus's label, but it makes a lot of sense now when I think about it. Yeah, Flying Lotus is like that kind of dude. Yeah, like they like I feel like they like they opposites people like opposite sides of the spectrum as people, but they kind of the same person. Uh, I think they have similar backgrounds. Like okay, they kind of just both of them like grew up in the music industry mm-hmm. and and they connected to. Like well respected musicians, yeah. So people really respect them. Yeah, they probably relate on that note. But Flying Lotus can be funny. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of yin and yang. Vegeta and Goku. It's great. Who's Vegeta? You think? I think Flying Lotus is definitely Vegeta. He's the he's the dark, serious one. Yeah, his last album he put out was super dark. Yeah. Really dark. He'd been like that for a minute. Kind of scared me. I mean, he's a scary dude. <laughs> It got spooky out here. Yeah, but Thundercat, man. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So hopefully so hopefully we'll be talking about that one. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll definitely cover that one in April. That drops next, that drops in April? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my birthday month. Yeah, we got a lot going on in April. Oh, yeah, we kicking. Oh, yeah, we got we got some big shit we excited to let y'all know about coming up soon. But we can't let you know just yet, but just know we got some shit in the works. It's going to be big. Big tings. Big tings, man. Yum. Real things, young. Yum. <laughs> Well, all right, y'all, man. That's that's another episode for the Yada Yada Podcast. The Kid Joe Cornell. It's your boy, Black Hyphy. Until next time, we on Spotify. We on Apple. You know where to find us. We out. Yeah. Yes, love. Denzel Curry, you're now in tune to the Yada Yada podcast. Brow, get up.